You're listening to Podiatry Marketing, conversations on building a successful podiatry practice with Tyson Franklin and Jim McDonald. Hi, I'm Tyson Franklin. Welcome to this episode. With me today is my co-host, uh, Big Jim McDonald. How you doing, Jim? I'm Big Jim now, I guess. Uh, I'm, I'm doing well. <laughs> I like mixing it up. Yeah. I've gotten Jimbo. I've got Jimmy Mac. I've gotten a lot of connotations, but uh, actually... The the uh, the older brother of a friend was called Big Jim, so I was always Little Jim because I'm yeah. you know f- five foot nothing and 150 pounds, all all a you know, a tight fit running machine here. But uh, I appreciate that. I'll take that compliment. I guess I'm getting a little bigger as winter in here in Canada, and, you know, turning into spring, trying to burn off some of that winter fat. But uh, no, things are good here. We just uh, finished watching a little Disney film with the family and. Uh, ready to hop into some podiatry marketing topics today with you. Oh, before we do that, what was the film? I always like to know what you're watching. So, so it was one of the most recent Disney ones. It's called Encanto. It's about a uh, Colombian magical family. It's, uh, oh, okay. it's a good watch. I, the, all those new Disney movies are pretty interesting. And uh, when you've got like a seven-year-old and an almost five-year-old, like um, I yeah, you just get to, be a, you get to be a kid again. It's kind of fun. So. My, my daughter's 18 this year, so it's good. Don't have to watch those. <laughs> it's, um, we just finished watching... Uh, Afterlife, which was on Netflix okay. with uh, Ricky Cervais, and okay. not recommended for kiddies. Remember, remember when we were off air last week? And we were talking about that word that people, some people don't like. Yeah, well, it's dropped a lot. Right. It's dropped a lot in that show. <laughs> but I must admit, I, I think British comedy is the best comedy in the world. They just something about it is just. I think it's because they're so polite usually, and well, like Canadians are the politest people, but they're—I um, don't know—it always looks a little bit proper. Dra- they're they're, they're proper, proper and formal. Yes. Yeah. yeah, a bit more proper and formal, you know, bow to the queen, all that sort of stuff. So when they put a comedy on, and they some of their comments just are so funny. But anyway, we should get back on to uh, well, this. Podcast. I do have one quick comment yeah. though. Like I will say that I do prefer the British version of The Office oh. over the American version. That might be controversial because you know Steve Carell, Dwight, the Dwight Schrute in the American version, it's really good. But the original David Brent BBC style of The Office is still like my favorite. So well, yeah, it's uh, in Australia. The show. I don't know if you heard of the show, Kath and Kim. Nah. So anyway, in Australia, it was a massive show over here. So the Americans did their version of it. Oh, oh, absolute shocker. It was a shocker. <laughs> so I agree, the the British version of The Office, far better than the American one. I still find the American one funny, though. So They're just, both good. They're both good. It's just the British one is like so much more cringe. Like kind of like, just like, ooh. <laughs> See, this is, almost, this is almost like a marketing topic in itself what we're talking yeah. about right now, where where people will copy what somebody, what's been successful in one place, they'll copy it, and it doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be successful in another place, even with really good actors in it. It's true. That, that's, that could be a topic for another show, like how the office relates to uh, podiatry marketing or something. So. so today, we're going to talk about online reviews and why they are so important. So Jim, why are online reviews important and why should people pay a lot of attention to them? Yeah, I would say they're really important these days because it's one of the most kind of visible things that that are shown online when people search for your name or the name of your clinic. You know, the star level are very visible in search results. 
And it's not only, you know, patients get tired of like hearing people talk about themselves or clinics say that they're the best foot and ankle clinic, you know, since sliced bread or in the greater Chicagoland area. Yeah. They want to see what people really think about you. Um, obviously, as most clinics and most doctors probably know, like there are there can be, you know, either fake reviews or over, overtly negative ones from uh, from kind of disgruntled patients. And we'll talk about that in a little bit. But there's no real way. There's no better way for a person to kind of transfer trust uh, and kind of, you know, kind of tutor, you know, speak to the whole community about how great you are and the care you provide. And that just really kind of resonates with other people um, in a way that's more genuine and authentic, especially when it's a written review. Yeah. I mean, stars are nice, but like a genuinely written review about the care they received and how they feel about you and your clinic, it speaks volumes. Yeah, I remember going back, yeah, maybe five, eight, ten years ago, I had a few friends who were you know, sort of computer nerds. And anytime we went to do anything, they'd be straight on their phone. Oh, I'm gonna, yeah, we're gonna go for dinner. Oh, let's check out the restaurant reviews. And I'm like, oh, bloody hell, can we just pick a restaurant? Oh, no, we've got to read the reviews. We've got to look at the photos. And I'm going, my God, can we just pick a restaurant? I know that place down there is supposed to be good. Well, let's see what the reviews are. And they were, I mean, really, they would not go to a restaurant that didn't have a certain rating. And they'd read through the comments. And they really judged where they were gonna go, especially if they were going out of town. They would plan their trips. They would plan where they were going to eat. Nearly every activity was based on reviews. So these days, I do exactly the same thing. So I assume when someone's looking at a podiatrist and there's half a dozen to choose from, it's super important. Yeah, it's super important for different reasons. Number one, it's it's basically like kind of digital word of mouth in a way, right? Like we trust uh, other people, our friends, our family, our neighbors, um, their experiences, you know, are easier to relate than to some marketing on a website potentially. Yeah. So, you know, it's this digital word of mouth that just, it spreads as well, right? You know, word of mouth spreads and so does this digital word of mouth. I think it's also important, uh, like you talked about, that these reviews, not only um, are they what the people say about us, but it's how they say it. You know, so if, if certain keywords are used, you know, inside of a review, um, this can surface in search. So if someone's talking about a great bunion surgery they had and you get five or six or seven reviews that people are saying that you provide great bunion surgery, like it's going to be a signal to Google, but it's also a strong signal to anybody that reads those reviews. You'll get probably more of those kind of patients based off of these written reviews that you receive. So it's a really important aspect of things. And a lot of people will just kind of like leave it to chance. Um, I don't really recommend that. We'll talk about that in a little bit, but you know, I think it is really important to help cultivate these uh, authentic reviews when possible. Well, I was looking at a podiatrist in a particular area of America about three days ago. Four podiatrists came up in the, in the first list. The podiatrist that I was looking for they had 1,600 Google reviews. The next podiatrist in town had 12. And I went, my God. I went and had a look at, I mean, I'm reading through these reviews and all the reviews were great. And I'm thinking, well, if I was a, if I was a patient looking for a podiatrist, I was in that town and one's got 1,600 reviews and they're like 4.8 rating and you're reading through everything. And the others, they had 12 there, but they had no one had written anything for about a year and all the 12 came in a very short period of time. My trust level for the 1600 one just went through the roof. Yeah, it's almost something you don't have to think about. It's almost like instinctual in a way. Yeah. Even if you hadn't read those reviews, when you see like, like let's see if you can see 12 at like 4.9 or you see 1600 at 
you're never like like if you have a 5.0 it's like it'd be great if you do have that but there's yeah. always this concern that like are these real or not like are these authentic and are, are they all just like you know you sent out an automated email and you got these like 5.0s with zero zero comments but when you have a decent star rating plus like you talked about these written testimonials not even just a review just a testimony about how great you were and your how your staff treated them in a really professional um caring way like it just uh it's an accelerator of trust that is difficult to do in any other form of marketing or any other online source and we'll get into like you know which which ones to start with and which ones you know when should you switch into a different one but we'll, we'll get into that a little bit so okay so how, how do you ask for what's a professional way to ask for an online review yeah so i think there's some different ways about going to do it um obviously i think it's important to like step back and like kind of go into the shoes of the patient right like um you know i think uh, it's it can be tough uh kind of in that clinical situation right we went to podiatry school a lot of us are kind of trained in hospitals you know we didn't necessarily get trained in kind of kind of like customer service or patient service in a way that um, where it doesn't necessarily feel super authentic for us to like ask, ask for a review, but that's where you really have to do. And you have to find a way that you feel comfortable asking for one. You know, if people feel like you provided an unbelievable level of care. You can tell that they're happy setting up a process where whether you ask directly or, you know, in a very compassionate, open way and say, you know, if you had a great, you know, great patient care experiences, we'd be happy if you'd share this on Google. If you don't feel comfortable in your clinic, you feel like you're putting the patient on the spot, there's something you can train your front desk staff. So if you feel like it's a good patient for your clinic, whether it's on your electronic chart or you have a small note on the chart that passes off to the front desk, they can ask as well. But I really recommend that it's a system where, number one, it's not an automated every person gets it situation, which is, you know, you might get a lot of like surface level star ratings, but you're not gonna get these deep reviews. It's more about a, like a compassionate personal ask from either you or from your staff and then giving them a little bit of time to like, like don't put them on the spot in your clinic, hand them like a tablet or hand them something for them to like, you know, kind of put pressure on them in the clinic. You know, it's okay once they're 15 minutes or half an hour down the road to utilize either an email or a text messaging surface, surface uh, is what I really recommend. Um, something like gather up, there's other types of software that can be used. There's definitely automated things that can work, but if you really want these in-depth personal testimonials, yeah. finding that way to like have a human ask. So they feel like there's a human on the other side of that and then provide it to them in an easy way. If you just say like, even sometimes a card or a QR code is too much. They just want to like get a text message or an email, um, where they can just click and then go. So that's usually how I find is the best way to ask and, and everyone's going to find the system works right for them. That's kind of a, a baseline level of asking for or requesting a review. Yeah, I have in my marketing workshops and in the 12 week reboot when I, uh, well, the last one's already started, I have a, a framework on how to get uh, Google reviews or whichever reviews that you're after. So what platforms should people start on? What's, what's the best way to get started? Because there are a number of review platforms you could use. Yeah, no, there's definitely no shortage, right? There's, so there's like obviously Google reviews, there's, you can review places on Facebook. There's all kinds of medical review sites. Uh, I know in the US and in Canada, there's like Vitals and like what RateMD. Um, there's a bunch of them out there. Yelp's pretty big in America too, isn't it? Yelp, Yelp can be big, but I think from a medical standpoint, like you don't want to, I think, ignore any of those bigger uh, review sites. But I think when it comes to medical stuff, uh, the best place to start is generally Google. Yeah. 
And um, it's kind of like I mentioned previously is that, you know, when people do search in Google, you know, your, with your name or your clinic's name, uh, that kind of ratings, uh, stars, and the, the reviews are going to be very kind of front and center. Uh, there's not much yellow on a Google um, you know, re results page, but the yellow is the star. So it kind of draws your eyes to mm. that star rating. Uh, so that's hugely important. And you really should focus on doing that because the number of reviews you have, the quality reviews you have, those are signals to Google um, that you are kind of an, you know, a quality provider in the local area and probably will help somewhat with rankings uh, and just distinguish you from others. So that's the place I usually have people start is um, by utilizing Google reviews. Um, and those are something too where it's really, I recommend that whether it be positive or negative, that you reply to every uh, review that comes in as well. Oh, and not definitely. just like, not just a copy paste, like, thanks for the review, Tammy. Like it needs to be something, I mean, <laughs> you have to be aware of what HIPAA is yeah. um, and that you're not like giving anything away that was not said in the review. Uh, but you can kind of echo the comments in a, you know, two or three sentences um, utilizing words they used. It's always good to kind of like, uh, not echo exactly what they say, but take what they said and kind of respond to those actual words instead of something generic. Because when you show that like, you actually read what they wrote and you're responding to what they wrote as opposed to something like cookie cutter, like it, you're a human, like it, it's a, more of a human touch um, that means a lot to people, I think. Because if they're just getting a thanks Tammy, it's like, why did this person even waste the time making that reply? So mm. always reply, uh, to no matter uh, positive or negative. Um, as far as the other types of channels. Oh, be um, before you go on the other channels, just on that point. Sure, sure. I've, when you're saying about replying to them, was mm -hmm. I, I have actually chosen motels and I have chosen restaurants based on the reply of the business, not just the review. <laughs> because when I've read them, I've gone, this business really cares. Like I wrote a review for a, I had a hamburger surprisingly uh, a couple of weeks back and I wrote a review about that hamburger. Their reply to me made me realize why the hamburger was so good. So yeah, I just I just think the replies are so important. So anyway, other platforms. But yeah, like it makes you feel like that you feel like someone listened to you, right? Which is yeah. kind of like sometimes the internet can feel like there's people like talking at each other or like just kind of like saying words, but there's no connection. But when you reply with a personalized answer, it's like a level of connection which is like more than like ninety five percent of what most kind of internet you know internet reactions or internet comments are like. So. That's hugely important. Um, other channels, yeah, so there's different ones. Like I said, there's RateMD, there's Vitals, these other ones, but I don't think those should be necessarily neglected. But since Google is so important, you need to kind of like feed Google for a while. Um, if you get to a point where you're, you know, 1600 reviews versus 12, maybe at that point in time, and there's certain software you can use when you send out those emails or text messages. Yeah. Where you can kind of like funnel to where those reviews go. but that's maybe a time to like focus on some of those rate MDs or vitals and just kind of build up some ones there. Um, if you're still kind of like in a competitive area or you never have a huge gap on someone, you know, it, it might be a, a time to funnel some reviews over whenever there's a overtly like negative review for some reason, if you get a one star or a zero star and there's only like six reviews on your vitals account, it might be time to shift some of those reviews over for a little while to kind of help balance out that, uh, that negative review. But what do you mean by shifting reviews from one place to another? Is this your focus with the patients? When you're asking, can you write a review 
on Google, you're saying, can you write a review on another platform? I would say, like, well, I would never I even ask the patient like for a Google review. I would yeah. say that like, I'm gonna send you this like email and basically what happens is like, with the software that, you know, either you're using in your clinic or you're working with a marketing specialist, there's like basically like sliders, right? You like, you only show that like the person can make a review on Google, but let's say if you wanna to go to like RateMD or ah, right, Vitals okay. or something, yeah. within the software you can say, okay, like now I wanna send my reviews to RateMD or I wanna send my reviews to Vitals or Yelp or Facebook or something. So okay. you can control the path of where the person is like clicking to leave the reviews. So yeah, like majority of the time it's gonna be Google, but there are options to help funnel those reviews uh, towards to kind of outweigh some of the, the negative ones that do come along. Um, yeah. Well that, well, that makes sense because you said if you had say 1600 on Google and you're so far in front of everybody else, you could give it a couple of months break, go onto one of the other ones where you may only have six reviews and your rating may not be as good. If you can build up another 50 over there, then come back to Google again later on. Yeah, it's a fine balancing act because there are some some studies have been done that show that maybe there is a need for re recent reviews um, as well. So like, it's not just the amount you have, but like, it's kind of a, what have you done for me lately that Google might be also looking at. Yeah. So, uh, so you, yeah, it's a fine balancing act. And I think still feeding Google is the, the best, best first option, but it's something that you can consider once you have a high enough number. Well, that's when you know it's fake too. Like a lot of fake <laughs> accounts, all of a sudden they'll have 400 reviews in the matter of a week and they're all they're all the same <laughs> they're all the same similar names and you go this this is fake well there are nefarious companies or there are ways to try to pay for them but usually google will find those out because they come from a certain ip address or certain yeah. place on the internet that'll get shut down or blacklisted in the future so there's no real need to um to kind of like what they call astroturf or kind of make these fake fake reviews it's only gonna you know come back to haunt those people that do that uh in the future you definitely want to and it's not about, like we said, it's not really about star ratings either, right? Like two or three sentences with, that are sincere, authentic from your patients is like, that's the golden stuff. Yeah, star ratings are nice. You don't want zeros or ones, but it's really those, uh, that digital word of mouth that's spread by those authentic patient reviews, which are really gonna accelerate additional referrals to your practice. Yeah, I got a one star review from one person on my book who said it sucked. <laughs> I was actually going to use that in my marketing. This person here, who didn't use their real name, of course, they never do. And I'm thinking, well, if my book sucked that much, I would have loved you just used your real name. So, and that's when you know, and I think people reading fake reviews, people reading reviews that uh, they can tell when something is not right. It's, it's pretty obvious. Yeah, no, for sure. And I think that's, along with fake reviews, is the, you know, you get I get a lot of questions from clients or you know with that one star or zero star or a super negative kind of a ranty review comes in like so so it's a bit of a panic moment for a lot of practices because they've never really decided like how are we going to address these in like a, a transparent authentic way um there's lots of concerns right like uh, violating the patient's kind of HIPAA in the U.S. it's like we don't want to give away medical information about them but what they're saying isn't true can we get it deleted from Google? How do we get it deleted from Google? And it becomes a real like, it can be a temporary panic unless you just have a, a concrete plan about how to address these negative ones. And really the, the plan about going forward with that is like, you know, first it's like take a breath and see like, like what actually happened here from the, the clinic's perspective, like yeah. from you, like just kind of like assess with you and your staff what happened here. If, you, if you're not clear on what, what happened, um, it's easy to get emotional and want to like, be, be defensive or lash out and be protective of your staff and your clinic. But 
that's usually not going to end up very, very well, um, to put it lightly. Yeah, it's it's funny. Normally, like just <laughs> relating to the book, if I was reading somebody else's book, if I was looking at reviews on somebody else's book and I saw a one star, I usually take no notice of it because I think no book could be that bad. I've never read a book that I would say that was one star. The ones that usually concern me if it was being my book or somebody else's where I see the three star because I'm going, well, they didn't hate it, but they didn't love it. So why was it only a three star? But sometimes you read, you'll read through it and some of the the three stars uh, are very relevant. You sort of go, oh, yeah, it felt yeah, this book didn't cover this particular area, which I was hoping for. You go, okay, that makes sense. They still like the book, but it didn't cover a certain spot. So if you were going to buy that book, you go, okay, I wasn't interested in that area anyway, I'll still buy it. So... Oh, yeah, I just think sometimes the really negative one-star reviews, unless there's a lot of them for a podiatry clinic, I don't know if people would pay that much attention to it. But I think you bring up a very good point there, right? Sometimes you can learn something from those three-star reviews. Yeah. It, is a, it, it is an avenue for feedback on your clinic. And, you know, us, you know, as much as we feel like we went to school, we went to residency, we know everything, you know, like it is good to get that feedback because it gives you an opportunity to, you know, improve the patient experience, um, to work on things that maybe you had a blind spot to uh, that they pointed out to you in a way. So, you know, you don't, it's not necessarily best, you know, whether it's obviously if it's complete, if it's a complete lie and someone's being malicious to you, like it's okay to like feel like attacked. But if it is something that, you know, opens up a blind spot or something you haven't thought about, it gives you an opportunity to improve that patient experience and the care you're providing. Definitely, because it could be a perfect example. Treatment's been fantastic. They love the clinic. The greeting was great. They love your staff, but they weren't happy with the waiting time. Mm -hmm. So they're telling you, improve your waiting time. So if you saw that review at a certain point, but then three or four months later, you're never getting any more three-star reviews. To me, that's that can be a positive that you've obviously improved that area. No, hundred percent. That's exactly what we're talking about here. And it's not only did you get a negative review, and people, you know, you're going to feel judged, right? Like, oh my gosh, like everyone's going to see this negative review, and they're going to assume it's true, and they're going to like, they're going to think I'm the worst, you know, podiatrist of all time. <laughs> yeah. But like, you have a huge op- that that negative review is actually a huge opportunity to show that like you do care. You want to listen, and you want to make it right. If you if you lash out and you kind of fight fire with fire, and you get emotional and you get very defensive, like it's going to be a huge red flag to any other patient that sees that review. And it's not just the negative review from that patient or that you know malicious review. It's the way you reacted to it. So you mm. got to see that negative review as an opportunity. Number one, to make it right with that patient. You know, to go offline and see if there's a way offline to find some resolution. Maybe it's maybe there's not a resolution there, um, but you at least need to uh, voice and write out uh, in ways that, like, like you wanna listen, you wanna make it right for that patient, but by projecting that and showing that in a, in a, in a thoughtful response, it's a huge opportunity to show that you are like a good neighbor, a good Samaritan in the community, and you're looking out for everybody. It's not just like, you're crazy, like we didn't do that. If you get into that kind of like titter tat or he said she said she said stuff, it's a, you're you're basically wasted that opportunity. Yeah. And what, another suggestion I usually have told people: you get a one star review. You normally, if you click on that person, it'll give you a list of other reviews that they've done, 
And if you look through their habit and they've got a habit of leaving a lot of four or five star reviews and there are no ones, then you need to try and make amends with that person. But if you, I've clicked on some and I've looked and that person, every one of their reviews is one and two, one and two, one. They are just a really negative, nasty person. And those ones, I tend to keep it really brief. I would write, (laughs) thanks for your review. Don't necessarily agree, but I thank you anyway. Because you know, they are just wanting a fight. Yeah, some people do like to pick fights. And like I said, if you kind of fight fire with fire, it's going to just like devolve into like a online flame war that really you're going to look, you know, you're going to be down in the mud with them and it's not going to be helpful. But as long as you do project that you you do care, you want to find a resolution, you know, you're, you're willing to listen. Uh, for the most part, you'll get you'll gain the respect um, and it'll come off come off as authentic. Uh, just like, you know, that, you know, that you can provide great care and uh, it'll, it's just an opportunity to kind of show that you are, like I said, a good Samaritan, a good member of the community. And these things happen, yeah. you know, even the, even the best doctors are going to get, you know, an occasional, you know, one star, zero star, these things do happen and just try not to take it personally. I think that's a fitting note to finish on. Did you have anything else you wanted to talk about with reviews in any way? I would just say like, don't be shy about asking for them mm. or try to find, you know, craft a way to, um, you know, work on a system that, that works for you. Because if you're just going to like, uh, you know, imagine that patients are going to like seek you out on Google and fill out uh, a review, you're going to be kind of hanging out in the wind, to be honest, you're going to be that 12 review clinic that's maybe you have 5.0 with 12 or 4.9 with 12, but you're never going to be able to use your online reviews as a strong way to generate a flywheel of new patients to build trust in your local community and to kind of have that digital word of mouth which is so powerful in 2022 and beyond so i think that's a great way to wrap up so jim thank you for your knowledge on this particular area today and uh talk again next week sounds great big tyson (laughs) not a problem big jim (laughs) see you later Thanks for listening to Podiatry Marketing with Tyson Franklin and Jim McDonald. Subscribe and learn more at Podiatry Marketing. That's the website address, podiatry.marketing.